Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. So if you, if you guys just would stand and we'll pray. Father, thank you for this time that we have together here today. Thank you, Lord, for, for all that you're doing. I ask, Father, that your will would be done this morning. I ask, Lord, that you would say the things that you want to say. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and rest upon us right now. And help us to fix our gaze, help us to fix our eyes and our attention on you, Lord. Help us to stay focused on you, Jesus. And in this time, I ask, Lord, that you would speak to each of us the things that you want us to hear. And that we would be able to receive what you want to give today. And I ask, Lord, that today would be a day of breakthrough. I ask, Lord, that today would be a day of healing for people. And that today would be your day, Father. That this would be a day that's all about you. This is your room. This is your house. So, Father, you have full permission to do what you want to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning when we were in prayer, it's actually kind of funny because Carolyn was praying about love, and this whole message is about love. So... Something that's been on my heart for a while is, I know last time when I was talking, we spoke about how in Scripture Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And again, he didn't say, if you obey my commands, you love me. He said, if you love me, you obey my commands. It starts with love. And then from love, from a place of love, you begin to naturally obey. And the question is, what does it look like to love Jesus? How does that look? What does it look for us? What does it look for our life? How can we love him? Because the moment that we start to love him more, that's the moment we're able to be in a place of more surrender. The moment we start to love him more, that's the place we're going to be able to start to hear his voice more. That's the place where we're going to start to naturally do the will of the Father that he wants us to do. It comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of knowing him as father. He is the shepherd. He is the one who leads us. He is the one who guides us. But if you want to be guided, if you want to be led by him, if you want to know what he's telling you to do, it comes from a place of love. So the most important commandment, Matthew 22, verse 37, it says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, Jesus said. So I want to look at these three things. Heart. How can we love him with all our heart? How can we love him with all our soul? And how can we love him with all our mind? The Greek word for heart is cardia. Meaning that the heart is regarded as the seat of feeling, affection, desire. The heart has a focus on thinking and understanding. Affection comes from 
the Latin word, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> Aphesir, <laughs> meaning to influence. So love the Lord with all your affection. That's another meaning for, for heart here, affection. Give all your affection to him. And then that word comes from to influence. In your life, in your day-to-day, what's influencing you the most? He's calling us to let him be the main influence in our life. He's calling us to allow him to be the one that influences our day-to-day. Because there's two things here. Either he's influencing us, or the world is. There's no in between. So what are you being influenced by? Are we being influenced by him? Are we being influenced by the world? And Jesus said that you know by the fruit. If we're going to give him all of our affection, if we're going to give him everything within our desire... Desire is about what you want. Desire is about who you want. And the question is, what do you want? Is Jesus the one that you want? Is that what's in your heart? Is that your desire? For you today, why are you here? Why are you in this building? Why are you at this church? What brought you here this morning? Are you here today because you want Jesus because you want to seek him or are you just here because it's a duty because it's another check mark because it's another job to do the, the reality is I can you can hear the best sermon in the world you can have all these PhDs of theology I, I'm in class right now for theology but it does not make a difference it means nothing if we don't have love You could hear the best sermon. You could have an encounter with God right now, a tangible encounter where you actually experience his presence. And it will mean nothing to you if you don't want him. Jesus, he walked on earth and people saw him all the time do miracles. People saw him all the time heal people. People saw him all the time set people free. People actually encountered him all the time, physically, and they still turned from him because they didn't want him. If you want his presence, you have to actually want it. If you want to hear his voice, you have to actually want it. It starts with your desire. To love the Lord your God with all your heart means that your desire is focused and fixed on Him. It means that you don't want anything else. It means that everything within you just wants to be with Him. That's a desire for Him. When's the last time that any of us had a day where we genuinely said, I just want to commit this entire day to spending with Jesus? That's what he's convicted me of. And I'm going to ask you the same question that he asked me. When's the last time that any of us said, I'm going to commit an entire day to being with Jesus? 
And so many times, we, there's so many other things that get in the way. There's so many other distractions that get in our life. We would rather do this, we'd rather do that, instead of spend time with him. When we learn this desire within us, when, when we have this thing within us to where we want him more than anything else, to where we desire to be with him more than anything else, we start to notice more and more that the things of the world are less and less appealing. As we get closer to him, the things of the world, just they're not that appealing anymore. So how do you know if you desire him right now? Are you more attracted to the things of the world? Is that what you're more drawn to? Or are you more drawn to him? Are you more drawn to social media than Jesus? Are you more drawn to watching movies than Jesus? This is a big thing that a lot of us go through. This is a big thing that I've gone through. What are you spending your time doing? Are you giving it to him or are you giving it to yourself? Love him with all your understanding. That's another way to love God with all your heart. Put all of what you thought you knew at his feet. Don't let what you think you know stop you from knowing what he wants you to know. Let me give you an example. So many times, so many times, we think just because we had this experience, we think just because we have this understanding, we think that we've reached this pinnacle point. But what the Lord wants us, what he wants for us, is he wants way more than what we could ever imagine. Sometimes our understanding of what we think we know gets in the way from a radical encounter with Jesus. Because sometime, a long time ago, maybe you were in church and you were seeking the Lord. And in that moment, yes, the Lord poured out his peace on you, which is a great thing. But because he just poured out his peace on you in that moment, sometimes our understanding is that's as far as he'll ever go. He's just going to pour out his peace on me. The reality is, don't think you're at the bottom of the cup when you haven't even made a dent in the top. If you think that, oh, I, I had that encounter a long time ago where I was, I was praying, I was seeking the Lord, and I felt peace. If you think that that's all there is and there's not going to be any more, you're not going to experience any more. The reality is what the Lord wants to do is for a lot of us, he wants to knock us on the ground and he wants us to be filled with his joy. And he wants us to take us places that we've never been before. And he wants us to get off the ground and never be the same again. But because we think we know everything, we think that that's not for us. We think great for the person on the ground. Great that they had that experience. Great that they heard that they had that radical encounter with Jesus. But that's not for me because it's never happened. And so you let what you think you know get in the way of what God wants to do in your life. He wants to do way more than what we think. He wants to absolutely do things that we don't understand. It's called supernatural for a reason. He, he's the God of the impossible. If he did everything within your framework, then why is he even a God? He knows way more than we do. 
He's always the smartest in the room. Not us. We need to lay down our understanding. We need to lay down what we think we know. And the minute we do that, it's going to open a door for us to have a radical encounter with Jesus. Do not just sit here and think because you haven't experienced it that it's not going to happen. Don't just sit here and think because I've never been healed, because he's never touched me like he's touched this person. Get that out of your mind because that's not him. The truth is, the minute that you gave your life to Jesus, you become his child. And the Bible says that you have an inheritance in heaven. You are royalty in his kingdom. And sometimes we act like peasants. Hello? And we just take scraps. And we just take these, these little pieces of what we can get. And we try to follow these breadcrumbs. What did Jesus say? He said, I've prepared a place for you at the table. Stop chasing breadcrumbs. Sit at the table with Jesus. Realize that there's way more for you and step into it. Every, every time I'm in worship, every time I'm seeking the Lord, I'm always looking for an encounter that will transform my life. Because I know that the last encounter I had, that's not it. He, he's calling us to go from glory to glory. That's what scripture says, that we're all called to go from a place from glory to glory. That means transformation. That's what glory to glory means. He's calling us to be in a place, to be in a season of transformation day from day. And that's biblical. When you're seeking him, are you seeking to be transformed? Or is it just another day? Is today, is this Sunday just another Sunday, just like any other Sunday? Is that what it is to you? Or do you genuinely want him to come and move in your heart? Do you genuinely want him to touch you? Do you genuinely want him to encounter you like you've never had an encounter before in your whole life? I don't know about you, but I want to I be taken up to heaven. I want to see that. I want to be face to face with Jesus. I want to hear his voice audibly. I want to experience him in greater ways. Do you? Is he the one you want? In 1 John 5, it says, Everyone who believes that Jesus has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children, too. We know that we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So the very first thing, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. Do you believe that Jesus is Christ? Do you believe that he's the Son of God? Have you done your research? Have you sought it out? Because scripture says that we need to be able to back up what we believe. 
I know very well that for, because one of my closest friends, he's, he's Muslim, and he believes that Jesus never claimed to be God in Scripture. And they have all these reasons, and they can, they can try to point you to all these things. But if they came up to you right now, and they showed you 20 different Scriptures, what are you going to say? Do you really believe that he is who he says he is? Do you really believe that he's God? Or is it just something that you think, oh, well, this sounds good. It, it sounds appealing. So, yeah, sure, he must be the son of God. I went to a sermon, and I got excited, so it must be true. Is that the way it is? Or is it really within your heart that you know he's the son of God? That you know that he's encountered you, that you know he's transformed your life, and you know that this is what scripture says. We need to know the word. It's very important for the body to know the word. We need to know what he's saying. We need to know what he's doing. And if we don't know the word, we don't know Jesus. Because the, the scripture is the one that tells us who he is. The scripture is the one who points us to him. The scripture, this is how we know. Because so many other people believe in Jesus. In Islam, they believe in Jesus. Um, a lot of atheists believe in Jesus. But just because they believe in Jesus doesn't mean that they're going to heaven because they believe in a wrong Jesus. Which Jesus are you believing in? The one that died on the cross? They, they believe in Jesus too. Muslims believe in Jesus too. But there has to be a difference. It's got to be different for us. We have to believe that he actually did die on the cross. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's more than enough evidence out there to back it up. There's more evidence for the Gospels. There's more evidence that what's in this is true than any other ancient text in the whole world. We have more evidence. There's nothing else that comes close. The only thing that comes close in history... It's something called the, the Homer's Eliot, and there's, there's about 500 man, manuscripts, and that's how we know something is true by analyzing manuscripts to see if it lines up. That's the closest thing in history that is taught in history classes, something that's legit, Homer's Eliot. For the Gospels, there's over 6,000. There's nothing that comes close to backing up what's in this book. Do you believe it? And do you want it? I can, I can tell my, my friend all day that there's so much evidence that there's this and that in this book. I can talk to him all day, but he's not going to hear me because he doesn't want it. You have to want it. The minute you want it, there, there's truth that's revealed to you. The Lord takes the veil off of your eyes. The second word, soul. You must love the Lord with all your heart, and you must love the Lord with all your soul. The Greek word for soul is is psych, which means breath. So we are to love the Lord with all the breath that's within us. Are you giving him praise with your lips? Throughout your day-to-day, are you giving him glory? Are you giving him praise? When you're with your friend, does he come up at all? 
Or is he kind of hidden away? When your life is about him, when, when he's the one you want, when he's the one who's absolutely saturated everything in your life, people just know. They'll see him through you because they'll see that you're actually in love with Jesus and he will show. And it'll just get brought up. What, what are you giving praise to? What are you, what are you speaking? What, do, what are the words that you're saying throughout the day? The Bible says that there's power of life and death in the tongue. What are you speaking? Are you speaking life? Are you speaking death? Is your breath giving him praise? Are your words giving the Lord praise? To love the Lord with all your heart looks like giving him praise throughout the day. It looks like taking those moments throughout the day. What I've been doing more and more is I've been taking moments and just pausing. There's a million things going on, but the moments I have, wherever, maybe it's just when you're taking a shower, I don't know, whatever time that you have where you have that, that time, just take a pause and say, Jesus, thank you, Lord, for this day. Is there anything that you want to tell me right now? Or is there anything you want to share with me? And just pause for those 30 seconds, for those 10 seconds, for that minute, and just let him speak. And as you do that more, as you get into more of a habit of that, you will naturally give him praise. And in Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Colossians 3.23, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. Do everything you do unto the Lord. Are you doing what you do unto Him? Are you doing your work unto Him? Are you, when you're going out, when you're getting groceries, when you're doing these different things, is what you're doing unto the Lord? Because doing what you do unto the Lord, that's what it looks like to love Him. Throughout your day, throughout your time, do you even give him the thought of day? Do you, does he even come up in your head? Loving Jesus is just like loving another person. You have to spend that time with them. You have to talk with them. And as you get to know that person, as you spend time with that person, you begin to love them more and more. And naturally, when you're out, like naturally when you're out, you're going you're gonna to mention that person that you love. If you're married, you're going to mention your spouse at some point when you're out. I want to mention my son to everyone all the time because I love him with all of my heart. And when you love someone with all your heart, you are going to bring them up because you're not ashamed you're not, you're not ashamed of them. You're not afraid if somebody doesn't want to hear about them. You're not afraid if somebody's going to be mad at you. you just, you're in love with them, and you want that person to know about them. In verse 6 of 1 John 5, And Jesus Christ has revealed as God's Son, was revealed as God's Son by His baptism in water, 
and by shedding his blood on the cross, not by water only, but by water and blood, and the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with his testimony. So we have these three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three agree. Since we, have, since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the graded testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about his Son. All who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. And those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about his Son. All who believe in the Son of God know in their heart that this testimony is true. Loving God with all your heart is a direct connection with knowing Him as Son of God. Knowing God in your heart is directly connected with knowing Him as Christ. And those who don't believe this are calling God a liar. Is this in your heart? Because if it's not, you've called God a liar. That's what Scripture says. Loving Him looks like letting your words be words that give Him all the honor and glory. What, it, what are we going to do? What am I going to do right now that can give Him glory? How can we show Him glory in this moment? It's by fixing our gaze and our attention on Him. It's not, about, it's, not, it's not about the sermon. It's not about how amazing it is. It's not about what pleases everybody. It's not about hearing this and hearing that. It's not, so many times we just get so distracted in excitement. We get so distracted in hype. That's all we want. We just want things to be exciting. We want to hear that thing that just makes us excited. And then the next day, same thing. There's not going to be a change in our life if we haven't had that desire for Jesus and if we haven't gone directly to him. He will change you and every day will start to look different. But you have to really want him in your heart. Do you want that encounter? Do you want that, that transforming moment that makes everything different? It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. He wants all of us to have a radical encounter with him. It takes humility of laying down our pride of what we think we know. It takes us being honest and real with God with where we're at. And it takes us continually telling Jesus, Lord, would you pull me closer? Lord, would you pull me in? Father, I want to be closer to your heart. Jesus, I want to be like John who is on your chest. It's continually asking him to pull us closer. Because right now, he's ready. Right now, he's beside us. Right now, he's like, I'm here, I'm ready. When do you want me? His arms are always open for us. His arms are always ready to embrace us. He's always ready to speak to us. He's always ready to encounter us. But he's, he is just waiting. He's waiting for us. It starts with us. He's here. 
He's beside you. He's ready. But we need to be open for him. We need to be available for him. And through that process of making ourselves available, through that process of seeking him, we will love him more. Loving the Lord with all your heart, loving the Lord with all your soul, loving the Lord with all your mind, that is a day-by-day thing. But just because I say it's a day-by-day thing, just because I say you're going to be doing this your whole life, that's not an excuse not to do it. You can do it now. You can do it today. But it takes humility, and it takes looking like a fool for Jesus. People will not understand why you choose him over other things. People will not understand those nights when he's calling you to worship him and you, and you decline going to the movies. People will not understand that. But do not let your understanding and do not let their understanding block you from what he wants to do. He wants you. Simple. He wants to know you. He wants to show you what the love of a father looks like. He wants to show you what healing looks like. He wants to show you what breakthrough looks like. He wants to show you what healing in your family looks like. He wants to show you what it looks like to be a a husband, what it looks like to be a wife. He wants to show you what it looks like to be a good friend. He wants to show you what it looks like to be a son, what it looks like to be a daughter. He's the one that will show you how to do those things. He's the one that will guide you and direct you. But it comes with that seeking. Seeking him, desiring him, and he will show us and he'll lead us. In the next verse of 1 John 5. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. Do you have life or do you have death? Do you have him or do you not? Again, there's no in between. Either we have him or we don't. Either, Either we have life or we're on our way to eternal death. You know what Jesus preached He preached more about hell and the Bible than anybody else. And most churches are afraid to talk about it. If you do not believe in him, if you haven't confessed, you're going to hell. That's what the Bible says. It's not what I say. So don't get mad at me. If you want, take it up with the big guy. This is what scripture says. This is the truth. He's a sovereign God. And he, he takes our life, he takes the things that we do very seriously. He's a holy God. And if we're not for him, we're against him. And if you're against him, you're on the losing team. Because the victory is already his. He's already won. And there's nothing that anybody can do to change that. Do you want to win? Do you want to lose? That's the real question. I don't want to lose. I want to win. He's the one who leads us to victory. 
He's the one who helps us with all that we need, but it comes through seeking Him. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all else will follow. That's what Scripture says. If we seek Him first, if we put Him first, then all these other things will follow in our life. But it comes from putting Him first. How do we do that? Well, sometimes we can get so in our own way, and we can say that, I have A, B, C, D, E, F, G to do. And then once I get that done, then I can make God a priority. But that's not what the scripture says. The Bible says that you put him first and then those things will follow. You see, the ways of God are different from the ways of the world. The ways of the world will tell you, get those other things done. And then when you get that done, you'll have more time to spend with Jesus. He says, you need to make a sacrifice. Spend time with him first. Seek him first. And then those things will come into alignment. You don't have to understand it. It doesn't always make sense. It doesn't make sense to spend time with him when you need to work. It doesn't make sense to spend time with him when you know you need to provide. It doesn't make sense to spend time with him when you have these other things that you need to do. But again, don't let your understanding get in your way. He is the God of the impossible. And he will make a way to make everything come into place. He takes care of us. He is the provider. He is the one that gives us all that we need, and he'll take care of you. But do you believe he'll take care of you? You're safe with him. You're secure with him. The last word, love the, God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and all your mind. The Greek word for mind is, I don't know how to say this, dianoia, maybe, <laughs> which, means, which means thought or intention. So love the Lord your God with all your thoughts. Let all your thoughts be his. Colossians 3.2 says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Set your mind on him. That's how you can, that's how you can give him your thoughts. That, that's how you can love him with all your thoughts is by setting your mind on things above. Are you always thinking about all these other things going on or are you thinking about him? In times of need, this is what the Lord has taught me, especially this week. He's taught me that there needs to be a change and how we look at him as provider. Sometimes we think that we need to do all this stuff, and because we do these things, then he's a provider. But that's not true. Scripture tells us to work hard. Scripture tells us to not be lazy. That's the truth. But we cannot see ourselves as provider because he is. He's, he's always provider. He's always the one who takes care. He gives us the ability to be able to provide for others. But that's from him, not us. He gives us the means to be able to pay things, but that's from him, not us. The Lord, what he told me is instead of asking, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? I should ask, what is God going to do? How is he going to do this? 
when you're in a time where you know you're in need, when you're in a time when you know you need something, instead of asking, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? You need to ask the Lord, what are you going to do? How are you going to move in this situation? Because he has a plan and he has a strategy. And he's not going to let you go without. That looks different for different people. I'm not saying that he's going to make you a billionaire. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he's going to give you what you need. And he's going to take care of you because you're his child and he cares about you and he loves you. And this last part of 1 John 5, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. How do you know what pleases God? How do you know what he wants? It's a very simple answer. By knowing him. I know it pleases Tia because I know her. I don't know what pleases a stranger because I don't know that person. Do you know him? Scripture says the Holy, that the Holy Spirit makes a way for us to actually personally know him. Better than we can know anybody else. Do you want to know him more than you know your friends? Do you want to know him more than you know your family? Do you want to know him more than you even know yourself? When you get to that place, then you will know. You won't, you won't have to say, I wonder if what I'm doing is from the Lord or if it's not from the Lord. When you know him, you don't have to always ask those questions constantly if he wants me to do this or that. You just know, yes, this is what he would want. Does that make sense? Sometimes we get so in our way and we wonder, we ask a thousand questions. Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? If you know him, you're just going to know. He's going to lead you. And if you make a wrong turn, Scripture says the Holy Spirit will turn you the other way said this before, if you are putting him first, if you're seeking Jesus, you're not going to miss it. So don't worry about missing it if you're seeking him. Don't worry about not getting somewhere if you're seeking him. One of my favorite stories is, I forgot his name, but I'm sure someone here will know his name. But there was this guy who was taking up in a vision of heaven, and he saw this room, and there was this book. And on one side of the book, this was a book of his life. One side of the book was all these things written down, and the other side of the book was blank. And from this experience, the side of the book that had all these things written down, that was the things that God had planned for that person. That was the things that God had planned for his life, for him to do. The other side was blank because it was up to him to see those things through. For every single person in this room, there's a book on your life. There's things that God has written and that's planned for your life. And we won't do those things if we're not seeking him. Focus on him, not the thing. And if we focus on him, those things will come. And everything that he's calling you to do, everything that he's 
stepping us into, it's going to be things that we're going to love. It's going to be things that we enjoy. It's because we're literally created to do those things that he's called us to do. He designed us to do what he's called us to do. And that's why it's going to be the best thing we could ever do. Following him is always the best thing you could ever do because you're made for it. And when you step away from that, you start to notice things just don't add up. You start to notice things don't fall into place. When you're stepping away from them, you start to notice all these things are falling apart. You notice that maybe there's more anger in your life. You notice that there's this, there's this gap where you don't feel really content or satisfied. You start to notice that you, you're just not where you feel like you're supposed to be. But the minute you follow him, the minute that you seek him, all those things come into place. And you realize that this is the best, best place you could ever be. Where he is is always the safest place. Where he is is always the best place. Do you want joy unspeakable? Do you want a peace like no other peace? Do you want a love like you've never known before? Then seek him and focus on him and not the things. When you love God, you will obey his commands naturally. But if you're living away from him, if you're living a life where you know you're doing something against him, where you know you're doing something he doesn't want you to do, this is what's going to happen. As time goes on, you're going to start to know you don't hear his voice as much as you used to. As you start to live away from him, you're going to start to notice you don't feel that joy like you used to feel, that peace like you used to feel. Because you've chosen to walk away. And he said that there's more joy for that one person who returns than the 99 that were already there for that one sheep. If you're here and that's you and you know you've been walking away and you haven't been loving him with all your heart and you know you've been living a life away from him, he wants you back with everything within him because he wants you to know what that peace is. He's real. What he offers is real. I can't come up here and just share all these fancy words and, and make you want him or seek him. If you want to experience that encounter like you've never experienced before, if you want to know him as your best friend, if you want him to just absolutely transform you and have a radical encounter, then just lay down what you think you know and say, here I am, God. I may not understand it. I may not get, I may not get it, but I want that encounter, Lord. I want you to encounter my life so I can be transformed. Do you want it? Is that what you want? And if you don't want it, then just be honest and tell God, this is where I'm at, and you're not my number one desire. And uh, he's weeping. <laughs> he's weeping over that. But he'll be with you even if you say that. And he'll be there to bring you back to him. But I'm telling you, the time is now. 
to want him. Not tomorrow, not next year. The time is now. And he'll bring you in. He, he's a very serious God, yes. He's, he's not someone to play with, yes. But he's also the most gentle. And he will bring you in close to him so that you can know him, so that you can hear his voice. That's what he wants for us. Heaven starts now. Eternity starts now. Heaven is only so amazing because of him. If you took, if you took Jesus out of heaven, would you want to be there? It would not be fun <laughs> at all in the slightest. It's only so amazing because he's there. Well, guess what? He's here with you right now. And we can experience a taste of heaven right here where we're at. But it's just being open and it's saying, this is what I want. This is what I desire. And this last part. Go to verse 20. If, and, and we know that the Son of God has come and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and he is eternal life. Dear children, please keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. He will give you the understanding to know who he truly is. And as long as we keep him first in our heart, we'll get to know him as our best friend. To love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, those three things, it means wanting him more than you want anything else. It means giving him all your thoughts and it means letting go of what you think you know and letting him come in and do what he wants to do that's loving God with all your heart that's loving God with all your soul and all your mind let him be God let him be father and let him take care of you let him be the provider and you will see things change in your life. He's going to take care of you. And you don't need to worry. And that's what he's saying right now. Don't worry. Cast your worries to his feet. And say, Lord, I take this off of me. And cast it to his feet. And he will take that. And he'll give you something way better. He'll give you that peace that you've never known before. Do you want it? Is Jesus the one you want? Do you want a radical encounter? Then let today be different. And don't let your understanding get in your way. And if you would, just open out your hands. And everybody... If everybody would close their eyes. And only do this if you want it. Not if you don't.
Just be honest and be real. Lord, I ask that you would draw us closer to you. I ask, Father, that we would desire you more than anything else and anyone else. Father, in this moment, would you show us the things that have taken your place? Lord, in this moment, would you show us the things in our life that have been a distraction that's taken us away from you? Father, in this moment, would you show us the understanding of what we thought we knew that has gotten in the way of you? I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak those things right now and allow us to know what has been in the way from getting to know you and loving you with everything within us. What has stopped us? And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just stir up our hearts now to turn to you and to give you all that we have. Take a moment right now with your eyes closed and just ask him, either in your head or out loud, ask him, what has gotten in the way of my life from loving you with everything I have? Take about 30 seconds. And this is what I want you to do right now. If he spoke to you and he told you something that's been in the way, I just want you to pray after me. Jesus, I give you what's been in the way. I lay it at your feet so that I can be closer to you. So that I can love you with everything I have. I ask, Lord, that you would draw me closer. And I thank you that you have taken this thing. And I get to keep you. In Jesus' name, amen.